the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Wednesday, Woo, we over the hump of this week, child. Even though this week feels so long, even though two days ago was a holiday. Ay, 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 oy. I got to tell you guys that uh, some weeks just feel longer than others. I, and I think part of it is this election season we're in. When can we get over the hump? It's not about an October surprise. It's about another day, another bombshell trying to take out President Trump. And it's just absolutely exhausting. But I got to tell you guys, and today was quite actually a personally a donkey day for me, a really big one. And um, But I come in here and I get to sit down. And get on Facebook Live. We're streaming on The Answer San Diego. And I get to communicate with you guys and chat with you guys and share this hour with you, my faithful friends and family out there uh, who listening in your cars and listening and watching every night on Facebook and following me on Twitter and Instagram. And you guys are just such phenomenal American patriots. And you see through the smokescreen of what's going on in D.C. so well. And on top of it, you're active. You're active on social media. You're active out there going to Trump boat parades. You're active out there getting people registered to vote and making sure that you're communicating with family and friends and making sure they know the real deal of what's going on. And so as we as we roll over the hump into this election, uh, hopefully we're all going to be celebrating in November. 888-344-1170. So the question of the day for you guys, and I posted it this morning. I'm not playing that audio of President Trump talking to Bob Woodward. I mean, I got to I got to wonder out there how many people below a certain age even know who that fool is. Who 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 even remembers? Show of hands out there. Who even knows who this clown is? This was the old guy from Watergate. You know, maybe Woodward would have some credibility today if since Watergate, he had actually done some actual real journalism, like during the Obama years. Instead, this dude gave a pass for Benghazi and gave a complete pass for the fact that what Obama did in his eight years and towards the end of his eight years in 15 and 16 was far worse than Watergate. So quite frankly, I'm really not interested in your big bombshell, Bob Woodward, in which the big revelation is that President Trump didn't want to do an AOC on the climate change and go out and spread fear and panic over a virus which is now not quite near as serious as trump thought it was actually at the time of the interview but what do you guys think do you think that this is going to be it the mary trump book didn't do it the john bolton book didn't do it hey the billy bush tape didn't do it back in 2016 but is this going to be it is this going to be the revelation that takes president trump down that's my question for my partner here 
tonight. I don't even know if he's bothered to even listen to the clip because he's a sage. He's been around a while. He knows the real deal out of D.C. too. It's my man. It's DJ Potato Skins. There's tremendous spirit in our DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. Tremendous spirit. Uh, I did like woodworking in high school. That's about as far as that goes. <laughs> but I do not think there is anything, and of course with the Democrats never say anything, I do not think there is anything they could pull out that is really going to derail the Trump campaign. Trump has got every single voter just about from 2016. They're voting for him again, and he's picked up many more than that. So uh, bring it on. Well, yeah, particularly since anybody that is paying attention to Woodward, anybody that remembers him and therefore lends him any credibility uh, is somebody who's been paying attention to what's actually gone on. Right. And what's gone on is, first of all, let's let's listen to what he said. I you know, I, I want to downplay because I don't want to create panic. There was already at the point in which this conversation took place. I was already angry at the amount of panic that was being fomented all day, every day by the media. And one of the ways in which they did it was they they fostered fear by showing the stock market tanking and talking about Italy and showing all this footage. Who even remembers that at the time some of this was going on, CNN and others were actually using footage out of Italy hospitals and pretending it was going on in New York back in February and March. At the time, too, going back to the early days of this, I'm old enough to remember and was paying attention, and I'm sure you guys were, that at the time that on the day that President Trump banned travel from China for the coronavirus was the day that Nancy Pelosi was handing out pens in impeachment. So is there anybody out there with any any intellectual honesty that can convince me that Trump is the one that didn't that wasn't looking out for this country? And when uh, for coronavirus and taking this virus seriously, yeah, there's a fine line. Yeah, you want to be forthcoming with the American people, but you also want to make sure that they feel calm and collected and being able to go through their their day to day lives without instilling panic and fear into them. I see he's done nothing wrong. Well, yeah, because the thing is, is that so much of what was pushed about when when uh, and oh, by the way, how can you say that Trump didn't take it seriously when he was the one who pulled the push for the travel ban at the same time, Burks and Fauci and others were saying that, including Joe Biden and others were saying that it was it was uh, homophobic, not homophobic. It was uh, xenophobic to do that. They were encouraging people to go to Chinatown and celebrate the Chinese New Year. And, And then then you when when. At the same time, Fauci was telling people, go take those cruises because we had some cruise ships uh, that were docked and stuck off offshore around there. Fauci was telling people, yeah, go take a cruise. He was against the travel ban. But when Fauci and Burks went into Trump's office and said two million people would die if you don't shut it down. I mean, literally, it was practically within minutes where Trump came out to the American people and said we need to do a shutdown for 15 days. Oh, and Pelosi was telling people, come to New York City. It's a beautiful place. Be able to, you know, immerse yourself in the culture. Yeah. So, you know, they're encouraging. They're 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 the ones obviously not taking it seriously. While President Trump is trying to take it. He knows that it's it's something serious. At, yet at the same time that all this is going on. One of the reasons why they pushed for shutdowns and these draconian measures and all that, we kept being told, and as I was questioning the models that were being used, as I was questioning these extreme measures, I was being told, but Andrew, the problem is, is it's a new virus. We don't know anything about it. 
Well, if we don't know anything about it, then how can you say that Trump didn't take it seriously at the time? Because what, what was there to take seriously? We didn't know enough. You don't you can't have it both ways. You can't say we don't know anything about this virus yet at the same time say if we don't shut this down to million people will die. That is trying to pretend that you know something about it. So Trump did took measures actually that I thought were too extreme at the time. Not the shutdown. I thought that was prudent with the shutdown from China. But I actually questioned day one, and I was against these shutdowns from day one. One of the reasons why that this story is coming out now is it's to deflect, first of all, from the Black Lives Matter riots and destruction and wholesale domestic terrorism that's taking place in this country and push and, and, and change the conversation. It's all about distraction with it's the left. It's all about distraction. And at the same time, as we're looking... At, remember, Trump came out and suggested a 15 day, uh, a, a 15 day shutdown. At the same time, he comes out with that. He says uh, he at, right after that, he comes out and, you know, he says, you know, I'm, I'm looking to reopen for Easter. Then he's got them telling him you can't reopen. You can't reopen. And by that point. We had these Democrat governors like Newsom here and across the country that arbitrarily just the destruction of businesses and industries that have taken place. And you know what? Even now, all these months later, six months later, what's the mortality rate on this? Quite frankly, this this virus was never as serious as anybody projected it would be. And Trump actually took two extreme of measures in supporting the 15-day shutdown. They had to shift it. In order to continue, one of the reasons why this story is out now is because they want to continue to be able to keep the grip, the fear ingrained in the, in the minds. They want panic. They want you to continue to be panicked. They don't want you to understand right now that this virus was never as serious as they were pretending it to be at the jump. They want you to focus on case count now. Instead of the fact that it, that if you get it, you still have a 99.96. Here's what Trump did not know at the time he did that interview. Here's what we know now. 99.96% recovery rate. The average age of death is 78 years old with multiple comorbidities. At least half the people who've died in this country died in nursing homes, and those deaths could have been prevented. M- much of the 170,000 deaths that we know of, much of those were attributed to COVID when they're not actually COVID deaths. I sent you a story today with all of these tests. They've stopped testing because they keep coming up with false positives. Exactly. Even the this testing vi- isn't right. This virus was never as serious as they were pretending it to be. And they don't want you to catch on to that now because they want to continue. And that's why this story is coming out, because look at what it did. It Now it's got Trump instead of the attention um, being on the domestic terrorism was going on in BLM at the same time that we've got businesses 60 yesterday we found out 64 percent of restaurants in New York City one of their main industries 64 percent of those restaurants will never reopen because of these draconian dictatorial communistic tactics seizing control of businesses under the guise of a virus that was never as deadly as they pretended it to be it is not a deadly pandemic when you have to falsify the numbers hey flu season's coming up yeah when and 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 there's something else you know trump oh you know trump knew it wasn't as deadly as the flu quite frankly the mistake i have with trump was actually actually making comments like this has a five percent death rate this does not have a five percent death rate but he was right to talk about the flu how many people in this country were attrib- their death was attributed to COVID when it was influenza and they weren't tested for either? When hospitals were being compensated 
by calling something a COVID death without testing, that All tells the you that they want it exactly. It is not a legitimate pandemic and deadly virus when you've got to fudge numbers, when you've got to tr- contri- attribute deaths that aren't attributable to a virus, when you've got to stoke fear and panic. And the reason why the story came out today is they've got to continue to have you fearful. Panic is you look at you. We are and we already have enough panic. Don't we already have enough? Are we not already seeing there's a video that went viral today on Twitter of a couple on an airplane being threatened by some some air marshals or cops or whoever it was because their 19 year old baby was screaming that it didn't want to wear a mask. Children don't get it and children don't give it. And yet we still have mask holes and idiots out there demanding that children be terrorized. We still have we still have schools not reopened. We've had enough panic that that it was instilled in the minds of Americans that they're actually still believing that it's far more deadly than it ever was. And that's really what the message I wish Trump was taking today. I wish he would come out and say, and I think he would I think he would guarantee his reelection if he came out and said, you know what? I did take it seriously. And unfortunately, I listened to Fauci and Burks, who had me shut down this country unnecessarily for 15 days. I followed followed the scientists. And you know what? They did us wrong. It is time to reopen this country. And without mask mandates and without six foot distancing requirements and pass the point of a break. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to get into some other topics like President Trump being nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. 888-344-1170 if you want to weigh in. There's also some Hollywood news that's related to the culture wars. We're going to talk about a little bit later with James Hurston. He's our he's our Hollywood reporter. So don't go away. More Andrea K. Show coming up. Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Um, so before the break, we were talking about this. Oh, this huge bombshell. Uh, but with, from Woodward's book about Trump not wanting to incite panic, um, which is what leaders do, by the way. Um, we had enough panic. Uh, that that allowed where we even had conservatives supporting the notion of these Democrat governors just completely, you know, de- deciding and picking and choosing what industries are going to stay open. Of course, you can go get an abortion, um, but you you know couldn't go to the dentist. You could congregate in a Walmart, but not in a church. And you know what? That kind of insanity continues in this state, and it is crippling us economically. And um, there's even a church I think up in L.A. that. Um, they were faced fines and then they got shut down and lost their permitting. And I'm not sure all the details of that, but I think we've got a caller on the line who has an update. It's the Grace Community Church in L.A. Hi, Alan. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. I think you've been on before. Thank you. Yes. Um, I just I just wanted to say everything these Democrats or whatever they are, whatever they call themselves, do is just to stir up controversy and, yeah. and stir up the pot like a witch's brew. Mm hmm. Your last comment before the break, I was ready to get off the phone here and go out and put up the flag on the front porch about uh, President Trump just coming out and saying, look, I did take everything seriously. Here's why I did what I did. And it might be good advice, and maybe maybe he'll do that soon. But um, I wanted, wanted, what I wanted to talk about was this uh, Grace Community Church up in, uh, they said it was in Sun City, wherever that's at. Hmm, I'm not sure. Uh, the pastor's name is John MacArthur. He's very well known. He's been on the radio for years. And um, he... He gave an interview with Sebastian Gorka on this station. I think it was either yesterday or Monday. <clears throat> it was a wonderful interview, and, they, and told what happened. 
He said the church averages about 7,000 attendants on Sunday. It's wow. a rather large church. And um, they, they, when things started to look like they were turning really sour on this uh, coronavirus thing, he said people stayed away, didn't come home, or didn't come in. But they didn't do anything. They didn't make any announcements. And pretty soon people started to come back to service. And uh, the numbers were up again. And uh, they just kept meeting, and then they were starting to have a problem with the uh, city, the sorry, the county of Los Angeles. They were renting a piece of property nearby for parking, and the uh, uh, city was trying to evict them off off of that property. It's it's a it's the only thing that's the only thing it's useful for for some reason, and they were paying a, a really large amount of rent, like a hundred thousand dollars a year, just to use this property for parking. And it's still in the process. I guess they've been to court about uh, the interview. In the interview, he said they've been to court about four times already, and the judges did not find anything wrong with what they were doing. Wow! And the fifth time was this week, and there's supposed to be a decision this week on uh, from the judge about uh, you know, what his determination is. So I haven't heard the latest on it. But, uh, but, uh, but let me make sure I understand, Alan. I think so. So basically, in order to be able to provide services outside, again, you could congregate in a Walmart, but not in a church. They were using a parking lot that they were paying an exorbitant rent to, and they were shut down. And they've gone to court four times, and now the fifth time this week. Right, the fifth time is going is going on this week, and there's supposed to be a decision. But they were using the the property for parking and still meeting inside was the way the interview went. Uh, okay. So uh, the the opinion seems to be that the city of uh, the county of L.A. is trying to shut them down by right. uh, evicting them off of this property for parking. Well, so, you um, know, it, this that this is an excuse that they've got. The Democrats have been been um, going after. There's been a war in Christianity for a while in this country. President Trump in 2016 referenced it, ran on it. It was one of the one of the key platforms to his campaign in 2016. He said, "I will protect your religious freedoms." It was not just the little sisters of the poor and businesses like Hobby Lobby through Obamacare who were having their religious freedoms uh, denied. It was biz- owner businesses like the bakery in Colorado being forced to bake a cake which which forces somebody to participate in a gay wedding. There's a variety of different ways in which the left has gone to destroy our Judeo-Christian principles and values in this country, because that's how remove God from society, replace uh, God with state. You know, it's a critical part of their cultural Marxist movement. And so they have successfully been able to get away with using the coronavirus as a way to destroy our religious freedoms in this country. And I tell you, one case went all the way to the Supreme Court, and Brett Kavanaugh was one of the people that denied. I think that was a case maybe out of Ohio. I have to research it or maybe ask our friend Tom DeBocaro to weigh in on it sometime. But Brett Kavanaugh refused to hear it. I think it, I think it was um, about the fact that it's it's discrimination when you have one set of rules for opening a business for churches and a different set of rules for opening a business of a different industry. And it's flat out just religious discrimination that's going on and it's unconstitutional. And Brett Kavanaugh would not hear the case uh, for the Supreme Court. And that was that was uh, really disappointing for us. Anything else you want to add, Alan, before we let you go? Yeah, there, is, there are four points that Pastor Mayor. I thought they were really great. He said, basically, there are four levels of authority in the lives of young people when they're growing up. The first one is their their personal values that they're learning about what right and wrong is. Mm-hmm. And the second level would be their parents who are going to teach them those those values besides, you know, society in general, like through the schools and everything. Uh, the third level, of course, is the police force. 
and they're trying to defund that and get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth level would be the churches who are, who are teaching biblical principles, which every child needs to know as they learn up what, you know, what right and wrong is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So they are assaulting our Judeo-Christian principles and values on, on uh, every citizen from a variety of different fronts. And we need to be standing up. And God bless those preachers that there's been too many uh, churches and too many conservatives that have been so willing to submit to the tyranny that's going on under the guise of public health. And it's really disappointing and disturbing to me. Alan, thank you so much for calling in. You wanted to weigh in, Carrot Sticks? I'm, uh, uh, call me whatever your favorite vegetable is for yes, the day. No, yeah, I do. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. I will have an update for you exclusively uh, next week or the week after because I'm having somebody from the ministry on my very own show here shortly. And once we get an update about how this thing has turned out, I'll bring it. I'll bring all of the results here to the Andrea K show. Awesome, thank you. Um, how about this? Well, we talked last night about the fact that that one of the fires was started by a gender reveal. And I've been saying for a while, you know, how we even have these gender reveal things, because the left says there's no such thing as gender. Well, sure enough, some supposed late night comic. Do you know who Trevor Noah is? You're a no. Yeah, he's not one of my favorites, but I do know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess he did a video today and said the problem with these gender reveal ceremonies is not that they're like causing fires and killing people. No, no. It's that, you know, how did he put it? He said, is that, um, is that, uh, celebrating babies genitalia is, is, is at the point of being outdated. It's outdated, uh, potato skins. Um, really? So science is outdated. See, this is, and, and this is ties into this whole supposed scandal about President Trump that he's not listening to science. He's not, he's not paying attention to science. Let me tell you, it's the Democrats that don't give a crap about science. These are the same people that want to tell you that gender is a choice or the same people that where we've got like Fauci telling people that, you know, and doing studies at the National Institutes of Health going back 15 years that masks don't work. Now pushing out that if you don't wear a mask, you're a killing machine going around. You know, the, the, the science denies. So much inconsistency. Well, yeah, because it's all about power. It's all about how they can use some different issue in order to, uh, you know, to gain power. And ultimately all comes back to the to liberalism is all about control. It's um, and it's all about how they can gain control over us through identity politics, through destroying your Judeo-Christian principles and values in this country and going after children is a prime area in which they're doing it. And, you know, um, hat tip to President Trump for yesterday announcing that he's getting rid of critical race theory, by the way, which is teaching uh, racism against white people in our federal institutions. But we don't have enough speaking out about this whole movement, this whole um, gender movement where it's fluid and you get to pick your gender because that's being pushed on kids in schools at a low level. Bob Walters and I have talked about it, but we need we need Trump, the Trump administration to address this as well. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to continue the discussion on on the cultural war going on with our friend James Herson. Stay tuned. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show and like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea K on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. I'm going to tell. Tell it like it is right now. I ate a donut the size of my head when I got here to the studio today. I told you I had a donkey day. When life gives me lemons, 
child, I go through the Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru. Oh, my. I do, and I got me a big one, and it was yummy. So that's what was in the bag I saw on Instagram. (laughs) That was what was in the bag, and it was yummy. I don't eat like that all day, every day. I do love my donuts. Sometimes you just have to. Sometimes you have to. I eat healthy most of the time, but there's no way I could eat as healthy as I needed to, and that's why I take my balance in nature. There's no way I could eat 10 servings of 31 different fruits and vegetables a day. I was super excited the other day. I take my balance in nature. I have not had a cold or a sinus infection, and now going on nine months, which is just extraordinary for me. I actually saw a commercial on how they make it. You can actually open up the capsules and, like, for the vet, for the vegetables and turn it into broth. We're talking about it is literally fruits and vegetables. I've never felt better. I encourage everybody. People ask me when I'm out and about and they hear me on the show, do you really take Balance in Nature? Yes, and I love it. Go to balanceinnature.com. Right now it's free shipping and 35% off a preferred order. Uh, one of the things that aggravates me so much with coronavirus is they're they're not talking about it, it, the reality of the immune system issue with the comorbidity. Should be the one number one thing they talk about. Absolutely. Um, let's have a little fun, shall we? At, at the expense of some people up the road by about two and a half hours from now. So it's breaking news today. The Academy Awards have come out. And before you change the dial, because I know I got a lot of listeners that don't go see Hollywood movies anymore and don't watch award shows. I think this is an important story that's come out of the Academy Awards today because, you know, Hollywood has had such an impact on our culture and shifting us so left that um, they've now about moved. They've now about gone so far left that they've about fallen off the face of the earth. But I could be wrong. So that's why we called upon our man, James Herson, Herson on Hollywood here to break it all down for us. Hi, James Herson. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. Well, great to be with you, Andrea. You know, I, I've been uh, eating that. It's called imbalanced nature. It's like a combination of hot fudge, deep fat, concentrated deep fat. And it's really, but we need that now because, you know, we got to balance out uh, having to, to live under Newsom's mask mandate. Hey, whatever gets you through the night, man. You know what? I'm a Southerner. Yeah, I'm a Southerner, so I eat my my comfort food. So, um, you know, usually... Oh, yeah. I love me some... Now, I like my my grits. Um, I like cheese grits. I like mine Cajun style. Um, My dad was from Alabama. He liked his Alabama sweets. They put, like, sugar on their grits in Alabama. I don't know how you eat yours. Um, You know, usually... Getting to uh, now, you got me thinking about chocolate Oscars. You know, every year around the Academy Awards, you know they they make they oh, take yeah. the little Oscar statue right and they turn it into chocolate. I'm thinking after today's announcement of the diversity that now the Oscar statue is going to be turned into a gold grill, like the hip hoppers wear in their in their teeth. Is that what they're going to have to do in order to match diversity? <laughs> Gosh, I don't. It's interesting. I don't know if they'll change the statue, but look, at what they've done. This has been a tradition that has been in such decline. You know, the ratings have declined for each and every Oscars. People, for some reason, when they tune into an entertainment show, they don't like to be lectured on politics. You know, and they don't like, especially, to be lectured by a bunch of pampered, rich people. Who, who just think of themselves as morally superior. But what's amazing is now, essentially, instead of the best picture award, which was sort of the high point of the Oscars, who's going to get best picture? Now we have the wokiest picture. Mm-hmm. And this is literally, but there's two things 
that are destroying Hollywood. And one of them is this hyper-political correctness, this incredible what's called woke uh, content, um, which, is, which is destroying storytelling. It virtually has killed all comedy. Yeah. Uh, if we look back on sitcoms of the past, none of them could be made today. You even go back five years and they couldn't be made. But if you look at classic kind of uh, sitcoms, they can't be made. And so what's happened is in a, the virtue signaling has gotten so out of control. I mean, you know, what did they come out know. with today? What are the new requirements that they've come out with specifically? Do you know? I do, actually, I don't know the specific rules. I think it what it has to do with I, the, the general rule is that th- films cannot be underrepresentative in terms of all the different categories of victimhood on the left. So we're talking about racial minorities, women, LGBTQ, XYZ, people with disabilities. Um, so in essence, there are screenwriters right now seeking to uh, put together a synopsis about a black transsexual uh, paraplegic. <laughs> and that they're to try to deal with this. I mean... Well, it's, you know, the whole notion of the Oscars was to recognize high quality entertainment. Um, You know, we're not talking about operas. We're not talking about classical symphonies or paintings. We're talking about motion pictures that are a place, there's a certain amount of escapism. Well, it's all classic. about escapism. Yeah, I'm, I want, and this is one reason why I, I like the old style of Hollywood where I don't know the personal lives and the political beliefs of the actors because when I sit down in, 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 in the chair, I want to be able to suspend my disbelief. I want to actually believe that that actor on the stage is that character in that moment so that I can enjoy the storyline and that, that the more I have to put up with their crap in personal life and how they're calling me as a conservative names all day long, the harder it is for me uh, to suspend my disbelief. Here's a couple of the new Oscar rules. At least one lead or significant supporting actor must be from an underrepresented racial or ethnic group, or I don't know what the or is, but it's like, what? Uh, which which underrepresented racial group? And, and how do you even determine that? Because thanks to Ancestry, we know that somebody could be 5% this, 11% that. Uh, another rule is at least 30% of a cast in secondary and minor roles from two underrepresented underrepresented identity groups. Okay, so let's think about my favorite movie of all time, James Herson. How could they, with these rules, um, a a main storyline or subject that centers on an underrepresented identity group? So how could this play out in my favorite movie of all time, The Godfather? Set in the 40s. Exactly. Right, set in that movie. No, no, but see, uh, you know, if we're going to remake The Godfather, obviously Marlon Brando's role has to be played by Al Sharpton, right? <laughs> you know, uh, so it's going to be. I mean, it's the whole idea of this runs counter to storytelling, yes. which is what the talent of Hollywood always was. It was telling great stories, and people in the world. And this is my theory, of course, because I believe that the world has a purpose and that there's a creator. And I think we're hardwired to resonate to stories. 
Uh, human beings love stories. They've always, you know, uh, Jesus spoke in parables. We've had mythology. We have Bible stories. We have a whole host of stories in the same plots that exist in Greek tragedies and Shakespeare plays. Um, get basically uh, reanimated with variations. And that's great because there's a reason why the same patterns work. It's because we are human beings and we have a certain kind of story we resonate to. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, well, in the time we have left, I want to shift a little bit in terms of, you know, Hollywood. One of the things that bugs me about this and I have family that works in the entertainment industry. I have family that's been some of the biggest blockbusters. I can't let anybody know who they are because they can't be outed and nobody can know they're related to me. But we're talking about major blockbuster movies. It is the thing about Hollywood is that it, the, 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 the percentage of chance of you making it in Hollywood and becoming a Julia Roberts or becoming a Brad, Brad Pitt is so – it is like buy a lottery ticket. You've got as much chance of winning the lottery. That's just the way that that industry is and has been. It's also an industry that's been run by nepotism. A lot of people don't even know who um, – that actor that I can't stand. I, you know, I can't even – Nicolas Cage. I mean, would Nicolas Cage have made it anywhere if he wasn't related to Francis Ford Coppola? This is an industry that it's like – it's like catching lightning in a bottle to be able to make it in that industry. And that's part of what makes it so exciting. The, the, the people who do actually make it. Um, there's no way that anybody should be able to guarantee you that you get a gig and you work in Hollywood. That's not the industry for that. It's the same way as like the NFL. I mean, is anybody interested? I don't watch the NFL anymore anyway. But would anybody be interested in watching the Super Bowl played for by a bunch of people that only got the gig because they were represented a certain group? Or do we not want to see people play and on the field because they happen to have the talent and the drive and the ambition and, and all that to get there? You know, so, you know, there's so much that goes into so much of it is about chance. And it's there's there's no it's one industry that you just cannot you shouldn't be going down the road to trying to guarantee somebody to have success in. I'm not sure I'm articulating that very well. No, I think I understand it. And I think basically what you're saying is that they they're putting the storytelling and the entertainment aspect of this last and they're putting the political correctness and virtue signaling first. And what that means is you're not going to have good content. You're not going to have good content if you shoehorn in this woke stuff. And that's why we have the maxim now, get woke, go broke. Yeah. And it's been proven over and over again. We've seen, you know, even Marvel has flopped in certain markets with films that have come out that have tried to shoehorn in politically correct content. A lot of people feel Star Wars has been severely damaged, maybe even destroyed by inserting woke content. And uh, we're going into the fall season where you have the people that are seeking to get the attention of the members of the Academy. They have movies that come out just to get awards. And those movies typically... Um, are movies that very few people want to see because they're dealing with topics that really uh, aren't of interest to to most people. And they typically now are going to be these sort of woke 
topic. So this, this is, it's very sad. I think of some um, of the most iconic performances and amazing movies and movie roles uh, of our lifetime and, and lifetimes. And I think about now they wouldn't be made and we wouldn't have the joy of, of the experience of, of that because, and so much of when I was talking about catching lightning in a bottle is there is an it factor that Louis B. Mayer talked about. There are some people that are just magic when they're on screen and acting is an incredibly difficult thing to do and it doesn't you wouldn't think it would be hard to do until you try to read words that that didn't come out of your brain that were written by somebody else and try to make it your own and try to live that out it's an incredibly difficult thing to do and that's why when it's done well and when all the forces come together with the right actor or actress with the right script and the right directing you can have something so incredibly moving and uplifting or just exciting and thrilling. And to have all that jeopardize one of the most in- incredible industries that has brought so much joy to so many people over the years be destroyed through this kind of nonsense, it's sad to me. It's sad to me. It just really is. Exactly. Final thoughts, James it's Harrison. Our, it's our greatest imp- export. It is yes. our po- it's a representation of our pop culture. And, you know, it's something, and you alluded to that it factor that talks, that's, called star power yes and it's been diminishing rapidly over the years with uh franchises and cgi and these terribly big budget uh, films that feature um basically uh created characters that are uh, digital characters and and so what's happened is um the you know the salaries four stars have gone down because it used to be that you had a superstar that could bring people into the theater. Open a movie. If we cast this person, they'll bring them in. In today's world, that has diminished uh, so much. And part of it is that stars don't have the mystique that they used to have. Yeah, they run their mouths too much. They don't have they don't they're not being run by the studios anymore and they don't know they don't know how to keep a mystique. They don't know they 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 run around looking like they haven't had a shower in three weeks. The old studios, Louis B. Mayer would have never let anybody go out without without a face on, you know, and properly dressed. They were all it was a top down system where each of these actors were under contract to the studio. The studio controlled the entire line of distribution. They owned the theaters. There was an antitrust suit that broke them up, but we, but what was lost is that that discipline. And the only way to create great content is through discipline. But people hunger for it. Yeah, they and do. So there's always going to be in between all the and you called it the right word. This nonsense. There's going to be great stuff that comes out and resonates with people. I I see it, for example, in the music business because. We have all this vile um, material that's degrading to women, that's degrading to humans. Yeah, like uh, this Cardi B. The Cardi B, I, the Cardi B uh, d- is disgusting. This this video that she's got out, and in in uh, if you think it's cute that Joe Biden did an interview with with Cardi B, then then something is wrong with you. What the left has done, they've, they're they're in the process of self destructing and committing suicide. The entire you know entertainment industry with their wokeness and 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 it's a shame because it's it's sad for America that one of our greatest uh, industries that's brought so much joy to so many people has just destroyed itself and in the process. Uh, you know, ruined, uh, you know, a really great American institution. Got to leave it there, James Hurston. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. 
Well, thanks for having me. Classic uh, movies are going to be downloaded like crazy. Well, if they're allowed to, because they're doing everything they can to keep people from seeing Gone with the Wind. You guys check out James Herson at uh, jamesherson.com. Thank you so much. We're going to take a break. We come back. Guess whose poll numbers are up? Even after that Atlantic story, that hit job on Trump and the military. Let's end with some fun tonight. Sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. A-K, Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. So get this, my babies. Uh, this is uh, this is Newsweek magazine, by the way. <laughs> Trump's job approval rating hit 47 percent. This is on Tuesday, his highest rating in the poll since June. This is after the Atlantic story broke. Uh, the poll was conducted. Um, yeah, it was after the, the Atlantic story. Like I um, said, keep it coming, guys. Yeah, Republicans approved of Trump by at uh, 81% majority, only 19% disapproved. That's some never Trumpers. Um, That's why, Andrea, I think a lot of people are catching on to the left's tactics. And uh, yeah. all, all, anything that they're trying to do, I think, is that the American people are tired of it. Yeah. Uh, he got 19% approval from black voters and 37% approval from Hispanic voters. Wow. Yeah, there was a story that came out yesterday, I think in Florida, that he's got a higher approval of, of Cuban voters, which this makes sense, uh, in Florida over Biden. Because, you know, what you, they know, they talk about knowing what the what the, the real deal is. We saw uh, Maximo Alvarez yep. at the at the convention. They know all too well what the reality is. They're looking at this and going, this is exactly this is why we brave shark infested waters riding in a raft held together, you know, with some, you know, Dixie tape to try to to try to get away from this. I think a lot of people are saying that, you know, Florida is typically purple. I think it's going to easily go Republican this round. I really do. Well, I think that um, I think that the the threat is still the mail-in balloting. Um, I think that um, that is a great concern to me. And I think that it's, you know, getting back to the open of the show, we were talking about Trump and uh, the, the reason and this coronavirus story is because uh, he the accusation is, is that, that he hid the reality of how serious it is. First of all, that's not true. Second of all, um, it's a way to re reassert the false narrative that if you catch this virus, it's all about case count now. No, who's talking today about, about the mortality rate? Nobody's Nobody. talking about it. Nobody's talking about it. Who's talking today about the fact that in California, hospitalizations are down 24%? In my circle of friends, every time we have this discussion and I bring up d- actual fatality numbers, they they have no idea exactly how to initially respond because that's not what they're being fed. No, they're being fed case count right now. Case, you know, 44 students in San Diego State. Well, out of 33,044 students caught yeah, a and virus. How many of them are just going to be fine? Yeah, because they, 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 how many wouldn't even know about it? If they weren't being tested because everybody's forcing this testing on us. How many people are talking about uh, um, the Black Lives Matter movement and destroying businesses? How many people are talking about Governor Whitmer, a Democrat, who's building an eight-foot wall around her house to keep the rioters out? Yeah, but walls don't work, right? So that's what this is about. That's why this story broke today. They want to keep you scared. They want to keep you panicked. But we're going to keep you all straight. Hey, we'll be back. Not tomorrow night. We're off tomorrow night. But we'll see you Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out. Yeah!